another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey. Joining me this afternoon, I've got a singer-songwriter uh, who just dropped a new record uh, this past week. It's called Middle Child. Um, he also plays uh, in the psychedelic blues rock band Thrift Tones, um, who also dropped a, a live EP uh, this past summer. Um, I'm excited to talk to him a little bit about his passions, artistry, and why he does what he does. Matthew Davies, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ben. Great to be here. Appreciate you having me on. You bet, man. It's been a long time coming, hasn't it? Yeah, what do we had to cancel out? One of them, something, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, it was like April, I think we originally planned to do this, but... Yeah, right, yeah. Um, yeah, but this year has thrown us uh, curveball after curveball, but we're finally here. Yeah. Um, to start, Matt, uh, how's your day today? My day today? Wow, it's good. I was spent a couple hours on my hands and knees scrubbing the floor. Mm. Um, what else? Uh, took a run. My, my day's been great. Raked the leaves. Yeah. Hey, some housework action there. Yeah, there's no avoiding that with uh, with the family life. So, um, gotta keep it clean. Set a good example for the little ones. Yeah, I hear that. I um, I live alone, but I was uh, my place was getting pretty dusty. So I did do some cleaning myself today. A lot of uh, dustpan action, actually. Yeah, you got music you like to clean to, or you like cleaning in silence like a meditative thing um today i was in the middle of like a zoom meeting um so i didn't have i couldn't do music today but normally i do like the music uh i i like indie rock is good uh is good cleaning music for me personally sure what about you do you oh, i yeah no i had a dewey gills program on Big band, um, WMSC. Yeah, it was good. Awesome. Oh yeah, man. Well, but uh, well, uh, productive Sunday. It sounds like. Yeah. Um, so what we talk about in Mister Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity, and so we met about a year and a half ago. Um, it was uh, kind of my um, early stages of being a writer at Breaking and Entering. But I saw the thrift tones over at Pabst Tap Room. Um, well, now it's I think it's like Captain Pilot House or something like that. Um, I know it changed; they changed the name, but that was my first time seeing thrift tones. And we talked a little bit um, for breaking and entering. Really liked your guys' show. Uh, it's very it's very fun and yeah. Well, thrift tones is my all time favorite uh, like performance type thing. But right, I've been solo, performing solo for a lot longer than I than in uh, bands and stuff like that. Um, but uh, yeah, thrift tones just just fun times. Yeah, somebody um, wants to go off on a tangent, we we figured out ways to communicate on stage and and let that happen. We'll uh, we'll definitely talk more about thrift tones later. But first, Matt, uh, let's start with um simple question: Where did you grow up? I grew up in Waukesha, Wisconsin, um, so not too far from where we are now, mm. and uh, kind of close to downtown. 
in that uh, kind of an idyllic setting, really. Childhood mm-hmm. was pretty Midwestern American. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear that for sure. Um, when did uh, when did you start playing music as like, uh, when did it first kind of appear in your life? Um, music was always, the, my father plays um, classical piano, so we always had music in the house. Um, not a whole lot of records or anything like that. I know uh, a lot of my friends, their folks were into more, uh, I guess, popular or mainstream music something that I didn't really get a whole lot when I was growing up but there was tons of music and um, so uh, hearing my dad play and um, my mom would sing once in a while also Um, but you know it wasn't I don't I don't know it wasn't like the main focus of my parents to introduce us to music. It just kind of was around. Mm. What did, what got you uh, interested in playing yourself? Uh, I'm not sure. Probably, uh, probably Jimi Hendrix or Eric Clapton when I was, when I was little, cause we, you know, those best of CDs and things like that. It was really thought that was cool. I think I had a, fen- a white fender, Stratocaster, which was like an Eric Clapton-inspired thing. Um, But I was just kind of, that was just hobby stuff, early early teens, I guess. But like most people, I had piano lessons as a kid and, and did the saxophone in grade school, I think. Um, and then some some drum lessons that didn't get any further than like the snare drum, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, I guess the, the first like serious group that I was in was a handbell choir where we would actually do performances and stuff like that. And adolescent years. Um, when, so did you kind of start, um, writing songs like uh as a teenager like was it um yeah when did when did you kind of start like um actually starting to craft some of your own material oh that came later i was i always was writing a lot of like uh, journals and uh for the school newspaper um and then that kind of formed into angsty poetry toward the end of that uh but i was pretty pretty heavy on the the sports track in high school that's just uh I was kind of pushed into it I think and it tend, it worked out kept me out of trouble for the most part got me through got me through high school but I would say like once I uh an epiphany moment was when a buddy of mine gave me some Nick Drake and Bob Dylan mixtapes and I just started to think that you could put your ideas into songs of that structure and they didn't have to be totally um, untethered like the, like they were like the way I was writing at the time poetry if you want to call that or whatever short bursts of ideas 
yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So, um, so I know Thrift Tones is a, it's, it's a project that's been around for a while. Um, I know your first, uh, collection of tracks came out, well, like seven years ago at this point. It was a while ago. Um, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I'd, I guess I'd love to hear a little bit about the, the uh, inception of the group. How did Thrift Tones form? Uh, well, I was uh, renting a studio space up on Richards, kind of River West, River West area, and and playing a lot of music with a good friend of mine named Garrett Burton, who was an original Thrift Tones member. Uh, and he and I were making crazy music. Um, kind of soundscape stuff but we were also you know obviously loved americana if you want to call it that so we delve into that or he'd you know play lead to some songs um and then one day he had invited andrew koenig over to the studio um i think well maybe it was thomas jones first came over to drum so we had like drums uh, I was playing acoustic and then Garrett was playing electric. So that, I guess that's how it happened. And we needed a bass player and, and Garrett knew that Andrew could play bass. So he came over and that is how it started. So we had us four and it was, uh, it was a wild few years because we were playing a lot of late night, you know, three, four hour dive bar gigs. And, uh, it was uh, it was a ton of fun. It was also I think it got a little bit, a um, little bit stressful for for people on it, and I take some of the blame for it on account of I'm not the greatest communicator. Um, so uh, I think there was a little bit lost in translation at points, and uh, but I sh it was it was pretty fun, and there were some pretty wild times. Um, yeah and then over the years it got more and more concise like what we were trying to do and what the songs were about but I think there's merit to both ways I think there was people that enjoyed the wild noisy bar stuff just like they enjoyed the the more like three minute four minute jams yeah, absolutely. Which I think is kind of what you got the taste of at the Pabst place. Very much like I think we we might have had a set, you know, like a set list. Whereas in the early times, we'd just call out a song or or a song would turn into another song, that kind of thing. Sure. Yeah, yeah that would make sense. Um, so um, you guys, um, so yeah, like as mentioned earlier, um, you guys uh, dropped... A uh, new uh, live EP that came out uh, this past summer. Um, I know it had some old songs on there uh, that were part of your first record, but there are some new ones on there as well. Um, love to hear a little bit about where uh, it's kind of uh, what made you guys want to put this one out. Uh, well, it was uh, it just kind of happened. I honestly. Um... We had a show, I should mention, between that, the first record, the self-titled thing, and the EP, 
there was one change in the group because Garrett left the group and then uh, Andrew switched over to the electric guitar and uh, his buddy, a guy who I'd met because we'd played a couple shows with him up in Minnesota because he was in another group or something and we stayed at his house, uh, Eston Bennett. Yeah. moved back here I think this is how it happened he moved back here and was available and a fantastic bass player with a just a wonderful voice um, also um, so he joined the group um, so that's who that's the four that are on that live EP that you're referencing um, anyway we just had a show at Anodyne uh, that was that was the plan we, we don't get a chance to play that much because everybody's in a lot of different groups so it's hard to arrange that uh, so it was just a show and we were all excited because we know anodyne's got a great sound and we knew a bunch of people would be showing up uh so we were just ready to play our set and we did it and then uh tim afterwards tim from anodyne he was running the sound that night after the show he said you know i recorded all that we got all the mics running and uh so he uh he just gave us the mixes and we listened to them and they were they were pretty good i mean it's not surprising tim is a great engineer but um yeah that and so we just you know ended up with six that sounded real really quite good and then had them uh, mixed and mastered out in Madison um, Paul Mitch did a great job with that so it, I think it's a good representation maybe even a better representation of Thrift Tones Live than if we had known that we were going to be putting out a live EP if we knew we were being recorded for that purpose I think it's it was a great surprise and that's that's kind of why um and, and also it's been a long time we, we've taken a bunch of time trying to record a bunch of other song a bunch of new songs and uh, i don't know we just haven't come up with the next record yet so that seemed like a logical thing to do yeah yeah like a, a breath of fresh air if you will. Um, yeah. yeah, maybe. Just to let let the world know we're still a band. I guess. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm sure there's so many people out there right now wondering, is my band still a band? Yeah. Does it still exist? Yeah, yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. Um, yeah, um, that being said, um, um, our, I know obviously because of quarantine and everything, I mean, there's a lot that's up in the air. Um, there's a lot of, um, production that gets halted or otherwise altered. Um, is anything going on in Thrift Tones right now? Have you guys been doing much with the project, uh, the last couple months? No, nope. Um, we're just trying to be as responsible as possible. Um, it would be great to do like a live stream, but then again, we all have those. It's four people with four different circles, so to bring them all together, um, 
may not be the, you know, just might not be the, the wisest thing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not so hip on the idea of doing even a, even a streaming app with a, with zero latency or whatever. I, I don't, I don't know that that would work too well with us, four of us on different screens with headphones. Mm. I know it works really well for some, some groups. So. Yeah. 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 I like, like you said, I mean, I, some groups can make it work. Like for example, I know some groups are literally roommates, so (laughs) it's not, yeah. Yeah. So like, it's not at that point, it's not, uh, not really uh, compromising anyone's safety or anything by doing that, but it is what the the Everly brothers would have been just fine right now. Oh, totally easily. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, you know that group Lark and Poe? They're probably working on some good, some great stuff. Two, two sisters. Oh, okay. I'll have to check them out. You would really, you might dig that stuff. Lark and Poe, they're cool. Yeah, I'll check them out. Um, sure. Um, well, yeah, uh, I appreciate the the uh, the thrift tones uh, update and everything. What's going on there? But of course, you dropped this new solo record. Um, Middle Child, which you had sent uh, over to me um, like a month ago uh, with the press release and everything. And um, it was, I kept like, um, you know, pouring over your lyrics a lot when I was listening to this on Friday. Um, And uh, also reading kind of like what your, the sentiments that you were um, conveying like as like kind of what was on your mind when you were writing some of these songs um and uh, i guess i'll uh, let you kind of take it away because there's a lot of um feels kind of existential i don't know if that's a word you would use to describe it but there's a lot of existentialness on your record like i know you like talk about um vices and stuff like that on that record in a lot of ways um so i'd love to hear about uh yeah, just kind of what your idea was and what, yeah, tell me about the record, I guess. Well, it's a it's a bunch of songs that I thought fit together. I, I was recording a lot of songs at the time and then kind of condensed it down to those. So it's not necessarily a, like a themed, uh, I would I would say it's cohesive, but it's not like one, one, uh, month in time like an explosion of what my mind was happening at that time mm-hmm. uh but yeah it's uh i it's hard to disassociate myself from the music my emotions so that's kind of the way it is um existential by that you mean like bigger ideas outside of myself talking about like i don't um, um yeah like um kind of talking like because you mentioned in the you mentioned confessions and like looking back and like whether or not you want you would do some like looking back at something like you do it differently perhaps and i guess in that kind of way my i i'd say my um my personal favorite song in that record is all day long i really like that a lot oh yeah thanks i thought that turned out pretty well too 
I'm a nice simple song, right? Um, yeah. You said, I know you mentioned that some songs are like dream songs. Some of them are fictitious. Some of them are like actual, like more realistic reflections, like sharing sentiments of not being able to break out of patterns, feeling stuck, wanting what you can't have, and vices. That's kind of yeah. that's those are the vibes I got. Well, all day long is, uh, I guess, a good example for that because it is very first person, all day long thinking about my savior. Yeah, I was I was a little nervous about that because I don't really know. I'm not a. a I I don't uh what is the savior the savior could be anything really if you're dying of thirst a jug of water could be your savior um um yeah and what time time keeps comes up a lot in my thinking and I'm not sure why I try to live pretty focused on what's happening now but uh maybe my subconscious is more in the future in the past uh, need a little more time yeah there was some uh, I guess that I'm talking about the mortality in, in that way I guess that's kind of an existential thing yeah uh, uh, I feel like there's been a lot of that's particularly in 2020 here oh uh, yeah yeah it's interesting when you have you know you write a piece um, and then uh somehow it's still appropriate at some other time because i i don't think that was written within that was probably you know eight months ago something like that mm -hmm. um yeah so yeah that's that's kind of an autobiographical one i guess yeah. not a dream song but just kind of a straight up saying how i feel yeah um and i'm if I remember correctly, that's one of those songs where it's just, have you ever written a review where you didn't have to think about it? You just like, you just wrote it. You didn't edit it or maybe you, maybe you did, but the whole, the, the gist of it was out in as fast as you could kind of think it. Yeah. Yeah. Better, better ones. Cause it's just like being handed to you. You're, you're just, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. I would say that I encounter those, those uh, write ups, you know, fairly often, like where I can, especially because I mean, I, I write up on a lot of like, ambient and experimental music lately. So oh, yeah, that's yeah. some good stuff. coming. Say, out. I found a new one. There's this new uh, drone project from Jeff Mitchell called Paulding Light. Paulding? Paulding. P-A-U-L-D-I-N-G. Oh, cool. And um, I know he's played with, like, Charlie Parr in the past. Um, but, like, he's from Minnesota, but he's in Milwaukee now. But anyway, he so this new drone project um, is, like, a the first track he released uh, recently is just this one of the heaviest drones I've ever heard. Uh, and it's meant to be stimulate like a, a deep sleep sort of thing but i feel like when i listen to drones and stuff like that i mean just the the, the music and the tones and uh 
crescendos, the, um, you know, like whether it sounds like metallic or it sounds more upbeat in a way, like it, it makes like, you don't need words to describe that anyway. Cause the, the, the instrumentation just kind of speaks for itself and I just kind of write down what I think and what I feel when I am, you know, immersing myself in those soundscapes. But it all kind of, I guess, depends on just what, you know, music means to you. And like, you know, if you do kind of like write those, if you, if you're more lyrical, um, or if you're more sound oriented, all depends on just kind of what you connect with but even lyrically i mean there's so much diversity these days like some lyrics are very like more like you know this is a love song like it talks about explicitly talks about falling in and out of love unrequited love that kind of stuff or it can be so heavily open to interpretation where you might write about like something that could be connected to a variety of different situations and um, people can kind of form their own meanings about it. And I think some of those are, some of those can be some of the most clever songwriting there is. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, but um, yeah, what do you think? Do you think like, your songs are very open to interpretation? Um, I don't know. I hope so. Uh, I think some of them more than others. Um, Hawkeye would be a good example that on this record, I think, even though yeah. it's first person. I'm glad. I'm glad you actually mentioned that one because that was the one song that, like, I really had to think critically about, like, what, where to kind of uh, apply, like, your lyrics, what to apply your lyrics to, kind of like what you were trying to say there. Yeah, I was reading uh, the novel The Deerslayer. Have you ever read that one? Anyway, that's what I was reading around the time when I wrote that. So like a dugout shell of my hard times would be, you know, like, I don't know, laying in a in a handmade canoe, something like that. And uh, the main character get, ends up getting called Hawkeye at the end of that book. Um, very interesting um yeah i'll have to go back and listen to that one again because since you're talking about like the ambient drone stuff it made it brought to to memory my like one of my strongest musical memories at this far this farm rave down in kankakee i was oh, about oh. 18 or something and uh it was just one of the, i don't know if you've ever done any of the rave scene that you, you might be a a little young for like happening. <laughs> anyway, I re it's like the crazy. I like to dance. I'm not a good dancer, but I really like to dance, and I was really yeah, and I still am. Um, but it's you know hard to be a family man and go to crazy rave parties. Uh, but anyway, it was like all of this happening. It was pretty. Uh, it was like a trance room trans farmhouse they had a bunch of different it was just crazy but anyway they mixed in 
this DJ mixed in Welcome to the Machine. Uh, Pink, uh, yeah, Pink Floyd's Welcome to the Machine. Yeah, yeah. And that's a that's a good one. Like, Welcome, my son. Welcome to the Machine. They're they're really good at that. I think yeah. lyrically, these big broad concepts that what are they really talking about and and uh, it relates to so many different things you could be thinking yeah um, another song that really stuck out on your record was wild heart i thought um that one was like kind of like you're trying to figure out like why you are the way you are sort of thing like what is it about like my lifestyle or what I surround myself with or who I associate with that, like, you know, has made me end up the way I am or something like that. I, I, I connected yeah. to that song a lot too. Yeah. I was literally writing it on a porch, drinking tea in, uh, outside of Louisville. I think it was, was it Louisville or, yeah, I think it was after a yeah after a long night but um yeah and i don't know i i tend to edit myself a lot and that's kind of like the wild heart editing the wild heart uh in a way which i'm not sure is good or bad in any respect um i think uh, i think it can be a little dangerous if you're feeling one way and you're unable to or or scared to just be that way can really defeat a person but um but that's that that's why it's good to have an open mind and and let others be the way they want to be i think so even though that's speaking about one person i think it it can be appropriate to think about it and think about the people in your life who have a wild heart and let them have it if they want to or you know yeah yeah i mean i guess I'm not sure to some extent everyone has a wild heart in some manifestation i would say um but yeah yeah um so you and you played every single song or excuse me every single sound on this record you did all of it on your own yeah 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 i uh i don't know i had uh thomas came up to do some drumming and he gave me some good ideas but then i started playing all of the drum parts and thinking well if i'm just if i'm doing everything else maybe i should just do all of it anyway to and I, i'm not sure uh it's a, in total contrast to the last record flowers and ticket stubs was recorded live in kansas city in a in a studio like we we tracked it all live so that was uh five players you know um so maybe that's a reason i thought oh maybe this would be a good total contrast to that last one where uh and i here i here i am in my studio so i have this available to myself so it it, it uh it's like the there's 
no punch clock. Um, so I can do as many takes as I want. Yeah. Try to get what I want and then don't have to uh, think about paying a, a musician. And being like, okay, that's good enough because I don't want to stress you out or I don't have the money to to get what I'm really after. So that's kind of... Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I mean, it looks like you've got uh, everything you need in that room right there. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I'm the biggest obstacle when it comes to getting the sound down but that's okay it feeds into my sort of obsessive way of thinking of things sometimes to just do take after take um so you you are a middle child and you said you're raising one how has being one influenced the way you raise one i don't know i try not i after you know th obviously think about this to to um present the record and and the song itself but I try not to think about it too much because it's just like the the time of year that you're born what sign you are you can if you want to feed into that then you can you can follow the the guidelines of your sign and uh follow the guidelines of being a an only child or a first child so i try not to think about it too much but i do there's some things that I think are, I don't know, I guess I have a little uh, special leeway for the middle child that I'm raising. Maybe give him a, cut him a little slack or, uh, or uh, try to give, try to give him a little extra attention at times if, uh, yeah. if it seems like the older or the young getting it. Yeah. You kind of have that empathy for the placement in the family being a middle child because like you said yeah like oldest or youngest like by default have like you know they have their plate like they have their own placements in the family too but middle children are it's like you don't quite you might not you might grow up not quite knowing like where to where you stand like in the family but um i mean i'm the i'm i have one older sister so i'm 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 the younger one, so like, um, I felt like I got a lot of attention in some way, like in some contexts more, but she got more attention in other contexts. So then, like, the middle child is kind of just like, well, a mix of both. I don't know. Yeah, well, I, there's a lot of security in the middle child too. You got bookends holding you together, you know. And I know personally, my my older sibling certainly um, showed some good and bad things that were very helpful in my life to be able to see like, okay, this is happening and uh, this is the consequence. He's But he, he had to deal with the consequence because he, he was going through it before. I, I just got to watch and be like, okay, I can see how that will have that effect yeah. um but i would yeah i certainly wouldn't change it if i could i uh, yeah there you go yeah totally um yeah so now that the record is out um what um what's next for you you think 
well, I, uh, what's next? Right after this, I'll be having a, a, a songwriter meeting. It's been something that has been great uh, during this um, this break from things. A bunch of folks, they're mostly from the uh, from New York. And uh, so we talk about songs and that kind of thing. Uh, that's immediately next. But I got a bunch of new songs, so I'm working on them here, making demos. I'm not sure what uh, what is going to happen with that if I'll take the same route of uh, demo demoing them and then and then hammering out the actual takes here by myself or what. I would like to have the budget to to maybe go to a I don't know or or get some people in here to to do a more of a liveish thing or at least the the bass track the the bass and drums and the sort of the rhythm stuff but I don't know I don't know or maybe I'm not sure I think they're good songs and I got a bunch of them and they just keep coming so yeah it would be really nice to play some shows though uh, especially with this middle child songs which are pretty strong and they're all very uh they come across pretty well as a solo artist with yeah. a guitar or a piano so uh yeah um i never really have had a, a great plan uh and that's not a, hasn't always helped me but i'm just trying to keep it keep it going yeah well uh i'll be watching uh be sure to uh let me know and uh you have more tracks i'd love to hear them um i i, I think uh i like your songwriting a lot um so yeah I, I look forward to hearing what else you're working on um the last thing i wanted to ask and i should have asked this before um but uh I'd love if you explain the cover art behind the middle child record. Oh yeah. That's a, a interesting illustration there. Yeah. It's a really great illustration. It's a repeated image, um, which is pretty, pretty crazy. Um, Lauren Marvell design. I talked to her um, about this idea a long time ago and she was open to it. And specifically open to listening to the music well during her creative process. So she just ran with it. Um, and she asked for some input and I gave her some ideas for like each song, a visual thing that came to my mind. But then what she came up with was just way better than what I could have even thought of. And I don't, I, I told her, like, I can't look at that image without seeing the pizza rats. Um, I don't know why those pizza rats just stand out to me every time. Um, so, yeah, that's, I mean, I think it, it goes well also with, with the ideas. It's kind of a, I don't know what, the image of the thing just seems like a, a middle child from the, 70s 80s or 90s so that that kind of illustrative vibe it works great um and we're having some fun with it too because of 
made this poster and some people are uh, listening to the music and coloring in the black and white thing. So uh, we're going we're gonna to see what those all look like at the end and then decide who's got the best one or the panel of judges will be my, my kids and it'll be really fun just to see how it works. Um, but it's a big, it's a, you know, I, that's what I studied art history. So like art, visual arts has always been a huge part of, of, uh, of my life. And so it's just great to collaborate with, with someone, especially since every, there was no collaboration really in the songwriting or the production. Uh, so it was cool. But, yeah. uh, and then, uh, yeah, there, I guess in the, in the music itself, there was a big collaborative, um, thing going on with Shane over at Howell Street Studio, recording studio. I don't know if you've ever run across Shane. I, he was on the show actually. Um, yeah, I, I love Shane. Okay. Yeah. I must. Yeah, the episode's actually not up yet. Uh, that one's still in the chamber, but it will be soon. Yeah, because I usually see which ones you post, and I would have for sure. Uh, yeah, anyway, so he um, he put up with all the crappy recording techniques that I had here in this studio, and he's, always, he's just such a helpful guy. And, uh, yeah, there's a few of those songs that he just shaped into the way that they are. And they wouldn't have sounded that way without his help. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but I'm glad you mentioned the art, too. It's, I think the grand idea was to have it on an LP. You know, that would look great on a big vinyl thing. But um, yeah. I don't know. It's just it's tough to figure that stuff out right now because... Um, it's hard to sell vinyl if you're not playing shows for, yeah. for anyway uh so yeah, I can, yeah. anyway I get that. yeah I, I get that totally um and yeah like I, I think the art's a very important part of the music because i mean i'm a very like visual listener if you will where i paint a lot of pictures in my mind when like i'm listening to different things and um I like to hear, I like to kind of like envision what the art, what the musician is um, kind of like where they're idealizing themselves or where they like the headspace they're putting the listener into. Like uh, that's a really big part of what I connect with um, in music. So um, whether it's through words or strictly, whether it's through sound or a mix of both, like uh, the arts, the artwork is very essential component. So, um, yeah, I it is a it's a cool picture. So um, I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. So does that extend to music videos too? Do you like having the 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 visual, the video, kind of guide you through a song, or would you rather paint it in your head? Um, that's a good question. I. I think like since I in the last year I've been watching a lot more videos um and have kind of been um maybe um 
adapting my appreciation for music videos and kind of what they, cause they do, they can really like um, bring like a storytelling aspect visually to the music. And, and I never really appreciate that, appreciated that a whole lot growing up, but like the last uh, year or so I've been kind of, um, I've been watching them a lot more and appreciating that. But um, but also, like, I like the still art and what it can say about music, too, um, as well as kind of, like, what I can... That's why I like doing the write-ups, because then I can, like, just sort of write down what comes to mind when, like, I'm listening to this or listening to hearing what you have to say in the song. Um, I'm a very... I've always, like, written down my feelings, like... That's how I've always sort of like processed things in my life. And it really helps when uh, you're connecting to others' work for sure. So, yeah. I forgot to ask you, you missed the neighborhood? You, you and I used to be in the same, I'm still in the same neighborhood, but you moved out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You used to live not too far from me, I think. Um, I uh, I do make it over there sometimes still. Uh, I still have a handful of buddies that live over there, so I'm still on the east side sporadically. But River West is just where like kind of the shows are, so yeah. Yeah. and uh, it's a little cheaper. So yeah, I like vibrant commu- uh, artistic community over there. Oh yeah, certainly. Yeah, I, I do love River West and like a lot a lot of the DIY ethic. But the East Side has better food. It just has way better uh food and nightlife and shit. So like I if you're looking for something to do like socially, like the East Side is much you know, you know, that's I do miss that part of it. Yeah. Well I miss seeing seeing you walk around. Oh thanks, Matt. You'll see me. You might still see me walking around the Urban Ecology Center here and there. Okay. Keep my eyes peeled. My kids and I'll hunt you down. Oh yeah, yeah, Matt. Well, um, when things are a little um, safer, um, I'd love to link up sometime and uh, we can go for a walk in the area because love to keep uh, sharing our ideas and whatnot. Uh, yeah. That sounds great, man. Thank you so much for giving some time to listen to the record. I really appreciate it. Of course, man. So, yeah, as we're closing out here, uh, two closing questions I ask everybody. What keeps you up at night, Matt? Oh, the baby. Yeah. Shout out the baby. You're getting better, though. Starting to sleep through the night. Good. What puts you to sleep? Um. Well, I've been I've been swimming again. They got a couple, They got the shorewood pool open, so just exhaustion. I just try to exhaust myself by the end of the night. So, by the by the end of the night, I'm just just don't have to think about it. Um. I don't. On Sunday nights, sometimes I'll put the headphones on and listen to, uh, alternating currents on WMSC and that'll kind of get me ready to fall asleep. That's good stuff. Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah. Usually for me, it's, um, 
good nightcap. You know, I like to have a beer or two before bed. Um, but uh, lately I've been watching uh, Community on Netflix. That show's pretty funny. And I like some like lighthearted humor before bed too. Yeah. Been eating more of that lately to cope with the absurdity of the world. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, uh, thanks again, Matt, uh, for talking to me today. And for um, everyone watching, I'll be uh, sharing a link to Matthew Davies' new record, Middle Child, as well as uh, Thrift Tones Live EP that dropped recently. Uh, so you can go check it out. And uh, we look forward to what he works on in the future. Thanks for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Mm -hmm.